You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 155, How to Quickly and Successfully Make a Self-Tape. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Berra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get on to the show. Y'all know it's about that time. Y'all know it is about that time. When I do an episode on (laughs) self-tapes, they always pop off. They always go viral. And why is it? Because you and I both know how important self-tapes are right now to your career in the theater industry and, frankly, to the theater industry itself. Why is that? Well, ever since the pandemic happened and shattered our views of the theater industry, we have relied very heavily on self-tapes. And if you have never submitted a self-tape before, or you're not really sure what that means, a self-tape is something that an actor puts together on their own time and sends over to a casting director or director or whomever has requested it. It is very common now for a theater or a casting director or creative team to at least ask for a self-tape audition prior to ever holding callbacks or even holding in-person auditions. And as of recording this right now, it's the beginning of January 2022, when We have these surges of the pandemic and lots of people's travel plans have changed. If a regional theater is holding auditions in New York City and they can't come out here to audition, then they'll ask for a self-tape. In fact, I've had numerous auditions and callbacks get canceled or moved to self-tapes simply because of restrictions with travel and COVID and the like. And I really don't think self-tapes are going to go away. In fact, they are going to be more important than ever. And so I think it's really smart that we all figure out the best, most efficient, most time-efficient and cost-efficient way to create a self-tape for ourselves so that whenever we do get a request or we do come across an audition online that we have to submit for, we can do it quickly and successfully. So today I'm going to walk you through exactly what I go through, the process that I take when I find an audition, film it, and submit it. So first things first, there are a couple different ways you can come across a self-tape audition request. One of the most common ways, of course, is by going online and searching up audition job listings and job board sites for actors. 
and finding certain breakdowns that ask for a self-tape. Some of those job board sites include the Actors' Equity website, the Actors' Access website, Backstage, Broadway World, and Playbill. Another way you'll come across self-tape requests is if you submit your headshot and resume via email or via snail mail to a casting director's office. Um, And then lastly, if your agent or manager submits you for a project and then the casting director or creative team emails back and says, great, we would love to see so-and-so for the role of X. Here is your material. We would love to see them record this material and send it back to us by whatever date. That is actually the hard part. The hard part is getting someone or a production team or whatever interested in you and having them request of you a self-tape. Once you get that request or once you find it online, whatever the case may be, it's very important that you have a routine that you go through to create a self-tape because at the end of the day, self-tapes can actually be super time-consuming if you don't have a set process that you go through when filming. So here is my process. Whether I find a self-tape request online or I get a request via email either to my personal email or from my agents, I immediately panic. I'm just kidding. I don't really, but I kind of do sometimes because lots of times we get asked for a ton of material. So I want to say first and foremost, getting a self-tape request or even coming across one is really exciting, right? But it's what you do after that that determines how the process is going to go and honestly, your emotions surrounding the process. So if you do get a request to your personal account or from your agent, celebrate that as a win. That's a huge win. Okay, you get the request. It says, here's the material. It gives you the directions and it gives you the due date. So now you have from the time that you received this request or came across this request to the deadline of submitting the material. I have been told time and time again, it is very important to try to get your material in as soon as possible. Now, technically you have until that deadline. But here's what happens when you submit early or when you submit before the deadline. The creative team, the production team, whoever is viewing these submissions will have some more time to actually go through your materials and digest them. Also, what can happen is if you submit before the deadline, think about all of the people that are going to wait till the last minute to submit. So if you're a casting director or person that's actually reviewing these submissions, you might get a couple trickling in before the deadline, and then I'm telling you, you're going to get a whole bunch right at the deadline. Now, if you're that person reviewing the submissions, you're a human. So you will inherently have to rush through viewing submission after submission after submission after they come in after the deadline. Whereas if you get a couple before the deadline, you'll actually get to like relax and view those submissions without stress, without anxiety of knowing that you have 
a hundred more to view. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say here? It's that honestly, you put yourself in a good or better position by submitting a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, I would say not to rush your submission, not to rush your work for sure. I really think it's important that you double down on the research and the preparation and make sure that you are set and ready to go prior to filming. But honestly, try to get it in as soon as possible. That's not to say that I do that all the time. Sometimes life gets in the way, work, uh, things that you can't control. And so sometimes it's impossible to get it in early. But if you do have the opportunity, highly suggest you try to get in your materials early. So you get the audition request and you read through the directions thoroughly. You do not rush. You do not print out the material and start learning it quickly and then film it as quickly as possible. You read through those directions thoroughly because lots of times they'll send you all of the material at once and then only ask you to film a certain side. Maybe they'll give you directions in there that will dictate how to film. So maybe they need to see your full body. Maybe they need to see from uh, three-fourths of the way up, so from your knees up. Maybe they need to see just your head, just your face. Whatever the case may be, you want to follow those directions as best as you possibly can, given the circumstances. When I read those directions, I make sure that I have everything I need to set myself up for success. So I make sure that I have the proper space. And um, if so, sometimes when I was in New York, I'd have to book a studio if I was in a small area and I needed to show my full body. I just had to make sure that I, before I even learned the material, had everything I needed to make the best audition possible for them. Again, given the circumstances. Then I dive into the material. So if I had to submit specific material, say they actually sent or um, provided material from the show you're auditioning for or whatever, I would learn that material like the back of my hand. And honestly, because you can self-tape instead of actually walking into the room and auditioning in person, you have as many chances as possible to put together the best self-tape you possibly can. Therefore... I suggest that you are off book when you record because what happens to your eye line when you're not off book is that it shuts us off and the camera when we film in front of it catches everything, every little move that you make. This is why acting for the camera and acting on stage are entirely two separate skills. So when you look down, when you're reading your sides or your music, or whatever, it cuts us off almost immediately. Now, that's not always the case when you're auditioning in person, but to be honest, it is when you're filming. So it's really important that you learn your material as best as you possibly can beforehand so that you are almost as memorized as possible on your actual recording day. So in order to do that, in order to memorize my material, I obviously have a couple of different tricks up my sleeve. I am so terrible at memorizing, but I know how important it is when I am either 
performing in a show or filming a self-tape. And a great way that I can help myself get better at it and better at memorizing the material is by singing and um, repeating whatever dialogue I have over and over again in different environments. So in my bedroom, in my sister's room, in the bathroom, in the shower, outside, walking the dog, in every situation I possibly can put myself in, I try to repeat back the material. I'll spare you the details there, but whatever works for you, figure that out for yourself so that when you do have to regurgitate material in a short amount of time, you know what works best. So now that I've memorized my material, it's time to self-tape. First and foremost, I have to decide where it is I'm going to self-tape. Now, when you do self-tapes often for your career, you're going to find the specific little space in your room that works best for you. Now, for me, it is this small little corner in my bedroom where, you know, my my bedroom is painted in like a light gray. So it works really, really well with my skin and with anything that I'm wearing. It never clashes and it looks great on self-tapes. So I use that to my advantage and I find a little corner in my bedroom that uh, I have to move things around all the time. Like I have to move my TV out of the way so that you can't see it. But I film up against that wall. I always film, unless I'm told otherwise, um, from like just below my shoulders up, just so they can see my face really clearly. Now, I use and live by and idolize my handy dandy trusty ring light. There are hundreds of different kinds of ring lights available to you. Um, I will link one of them in the podcast notes, but just know that a ring light will do wonders. And why is that? Because it'll show light on your face and your body from all different areas. So instead of just like having one light shining on your face, um, you're going to have a ring, literal ring of light shining on your face. That's going to make your eyes pop, make your skin pop, make you pop on camera. And for the most part, will not cast shadows in an unflattering way. The problem with having just like a lamp on you is that it's always going to cast shadows and it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. Something that I've noticed, um, I don't know about y'all, but when I'm bored, I love to go watch like self tapes on YouTube or whatever, just to like see what everyone's up to and, and to see if I can like find any new material. Yeah, I'm that person. It's fine. Um, Still from the best. It's all good. But here's the thing. I love watching self-tapes and I love seeing like what everyone's up to and how they're filming and and how I compare and if I can um, take anything that would work for me. And sometimes I come across self-tapes that have these weird shadows or like people's eyes look sunken in when they use ring lights. And I believe the reason why that is is because of the way that the ring light is set in relation to the person and the wall. It's hard to explain, but it's this weird phenomenon where it almost looks counterproductive, like it looks worse with the ring light on the person because the person just looks like a ghost, like it just looks wrong. So test that out for yourself before you actually um, film and submit 
Because what I like to do, obviously, is I like to see myself, even though I'm not actually looking at the camera ever when I do film, I like to uh, turn my camera so that I can see myself on the self-facing mode, just so I can test out that everything that I'm doing is within the frame of the video, and also that the lighting looks good, because that is so, so, so important at the end of the day, is your lighting and your sound. So, how I film is, if I'm filming a a musical theater audition self-tape, so I have to actually sing something. I usually film on my phone because it looks great. The iPhone is so good now. Their cameras are beautiful, so you really don't need to invest in like an external camera. Um, but I would say that usually I film on my phone and I play the music off of my computer, and it's totally fine. If for whatever reason I'm singing a song that like really needs background, like really needs a big sound, I will either record and play that music through a speaker, like a really good speaker, or I will play the music low on my computer. And then when I'm going in post-production, post-filming and editing the video, I will put I will download the music and then put it into iMovie, which I'll talk about in a second, how to edit your self-tape. Um, I will put the music in underneath me and kind of like turn it down a little bit so that it's not overpowering me. And I'll mix the music and my voice so that it all sounds good and it all sounds right. Um, I don't always do that. It just depends on the type of music that I'm actually singing and whether or not it calls for that. Most of the time I don't, but sometimes if it's a big song or a big sound um, and my video doesn't really suffice because you can't really hear the music, then I will put it in. When it comes to where I look on camera, my eyesight, I typically like to look just off the side of the camera. So just off the left or just off the right, I don't typically look directly in the camera unless I'm slating. And by that, I mean, unless I am saying my name, my height, my uh, location, whatever it is that they might ask for prior to uh, actually filming that self-tape. Which reminds me, when it comes to slating, I think it's really important that you do include one. You do include a slate prior to your audition just so they can like see you speak as a human. Um, because what happens is when we don't, when we self tape and we don't actually get to audition in person, we lose that aspect of like us being human. Um, we don't actually get to walk in the room and say hello and chat with the creative team beforehand. So um, even if you just say, hello, my name is X, I'm located in X, I am a member of equity or I'm non-union, I'm whatever height you are, and here is my self-tape for the role of X in X. If you do something as simple as that, it really sets you up as a human and it reminds them, okay, this is an audition, this is not actually a real live performance. Just a little... Um, Two cents for me there. Now, you have filmed your, your song. Now, if you have to do dialogue, here is my advice, okay? Take it or leave it. So, if you're in a bind and you have to film dialogue quickly and you don't have anyone with you in person to do it, you can call someone up and uh, have them read the lines uh, adjacent to you over the phone. You can Zoom them and um, video chat with them so you can have them literally reading the lines with you um, from video. Or 
and I don't love this all the time, but if you're in a bind, you can record the opposite lines and leave space for your own lines in your voice memos and then play that back when you're actually filming. So what I would do is uh, I would rec- I would, you know, read the other person's lines, hold for the time for the amount of time that I would have to say my own lines in the self tape and then continue on with the other person's lines. And then because I'm filming on my phone, I would have to like airdrop that to my computer and play it off my computer as if I were like filming my vocal self tape. Hope that makes sense. So you filmed your songs, you filmed your sides. If I have to film a dance self tape, I will just use whatever space I possibly can to film. If I have to get my self tape done outside, I'll do it. If I have to go rent a studio, I'll do whatever I have to do. But basically all that matters is that you have some open space to perform with a background that's not terribly distracting. And just make sure that they can see your entire body and that your body is not cut off at any point of the video because that is so frustrating to watch. Okay, so let's talk about post-production. So everything's filmed. Now here is what I do. So I film everything on my phone and then I airdrop it over to my computer so I can edit. Now, because I have a Mac, it's super, super easy for me to quickly and efficiently edit all of my videos in iMovie. If I was requested for a self-tape through Actors Access, so I'd have to submit it through like EcoCast, which if you don't know what that is, um, it's basically a way to submit self-tapes and videos directly through Actors Access, which is a job board site. Then I will break up my videos. So I will submit separately the slate. I will submit separately the videos of like the songs, the sides, everything. I'll submit them all separately because it's really easy then for the casting director or creative team to watch them one by one. But if I'm submitting a YouTube link of everything, then I'll just edit them all together. So the way that I do this is I'll go into iMovie and I'll put my slate at the beginning and then I'll transition it. So I'll just do like a little fade out moment and then I will fade it into my next video, into the next video, and then I'll fade everything out at the end. I think it's really important that you label each section of your self tape accordingly. So at the beginning, when I say, hello, my name is whatever, 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 I will label that with my name and the role that I'm auditioning for or any other pertinent information they need to know about me, like my location or my height or who I'm represented by in the city. Then with each song or side or piece of dialogue or dance or whatever, I will label that accordingly as well. So I will say, you know, when it goes into the first song, I'll say song one, Maggie Barra, and I'll put a little title card underneath while I'm I'm performing so that they know what's up. That way you're keeping things super organized. You're staying on top of each particular bit of video that you're submitting and the casting director knows what to expect from each section. Lastly, once I record and edit, everything I will then submit. So depending again on how the casting director or creative team has asked for me to submit, I will either send it back to my agents via a YouTube link, via a Google Drive folder with um, all of the videos separated, um, 
via WeTransfer, via Dropbox, whatever they've asked for, I will submit it. I'll upload it and then submit it back. I will send it to my agent or I'll send it directly to the email that the casting director or creative team has requested or I'll send it through Actors Access or Backstage, whatever it is or wherever it was that I found the audition listing. And... Of course, if I'm submitting it to an email, I will make sure that everything's labeled correctly. So I will also send an attachment or a, you know, a downloadable link of my headshot and resume, um, making sure that everything's labeled Maggie Barra headshot, Maggie Barra resume, in case they decide to download things. I will make sure to include a link to my website for additional media. And then I'll make sure to include the specific role or roles or productions that I am submitting for. And there you have it. That is my process for quickly and efficiently filming, recording, and submitting a self-tape. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot the episode and share it to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag at Actor Aesthetic. I love to see who is following along with me there. Or if you're feeling extra kind, be sure to leave a rating or review of the podcast. It helps so much and it helps us continue to grow and prosper in this new year. Until next time, it takes a village. I'll see y'all next week.